Welcome everyone to Tree Exact Show. I'm here with Brian, Raymond, Dan, Eric, and our special guest today, outdoorsman, just ultimate badass, wildlife expert. You might have seen him on the Outdoor Channel, Nat Geo, Wild Boys, Jackass, Mr. Manny Puig. How you doing, man? I'm really happy that you could join us. We are honored to have you. Uh, I'm good. This is like very high tech, though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And uh, just talking to you the past couple of days, I'm happy we actually worked it out. We had a nice trial run and everything, so it, it's just awesome that it, it's happening. And 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 we see you. It's good. It's working fine for now. All right, man. You can on. manage the planet if you know how to do this. Go on. <laughs> Yeah. So, all right, let's just start from the beginning, man. What we want to know, I mean, we've obviously seen you on all these shows and stuff. We like to know like how you guys, how people like you got into wildlife and stuff like that. So if you could talk about like growing up and how you got into nature. Uh, I would say at the age of four, I was picking up lizards, frogs, uh, land crabs. I would stick my arm inside uh, crab holes and grab land crabs by their claw. When I, at the age of four, I was doing that kind of stuff already. And, you know, by the time I was in high school, I was already grabbing alligators, venomous snakes. I got bit by a rattlesnake in high school for the first time. I was already uh, jumping on large alligators uh, at the time, and I was starting to spearfish, which later on I became a professional spearfisherman. How did you get... time, things like that. Now, why did you veer towards, like, the – outdoors like you know growing up like you have like sports like let's say baseball and stuff like why were you drawn to like the outdoors so much yeah i, I wasn't drawn to the baseball basketball or any of those things zero there i uh i saw episodes like sea hunt when i was a kid and tarzan movies and things like that jungle gym and i like westerns you know mm. outdoors and i, I like that kind of uh, uh the wild you know the wild animals i used to go to the zoo remember being taken to the zoo and looking at all different wild animals and, you know, and stories about crocodiles and alligators and snakes, fish too, fascinated by uh, the water. It was fascinating to me. I just have to, I, go on, let, let me ask this just because we're, we're talking about his childhood. Now, something that's crazy is like with most little kids, I mean, even most adults, like people are afraid of animals. So growing up, did you... Did you have to kind of conquer that fear or was that fear just never present? You just kind of had uh, an attraction to being able to move away from that. Well, uh, give an example. When I was the age of four, I reached in and this crab could have bit my fingers off. And mm. I grabbed this claw and then they asked him, aren't you afraid he's going to bite your finger off? And I was only four and I said, no, he can't reach me with the other claw when he's in a hole when I got him by the elbow. So You're it was tactical, a tactical approach, but it wasn't that I was a very smart kid. I mean, I was like terrible. <laughs> with I was smart for that kind of stuff, art, and that was it. I was good at art, but terrible at everything else. Yeah, was it like a trial by error thing? Like, cause you're like Raymond said, you're four years old. How do you know that that is gonna work out well? Like, you know what I mean? Like, or you just said a lot of these experiments you did. You just like let me just go for it. It's, it's trial by error, but at the same time, using okay, if he's in a hole, he can't turn around to get me with the other hand. He can only so if I grab the claw, he can't bite me. You know that that kind of I got the corner. So it's a lot of uh, trial by error. Like if you're gonna jump an alligator, okay, I don't want to get bit by this alligator. I want to jump on him. This is later on in high school. So I was the idea is okay, grab the alligator by the shoulders, 
keep his mouth away from you and then somehow or another end up grabbing his jaw and trying to shut it and hold on to his jaw shut and hold on to the alligator at the same time trying to hand catch something that at the same time can kill you. And he, he said later on in high school, I wouldn't do that shit right now. Yeah, like, that's like so incredible. Manny, I couldn't even do algebra in high school. Yeah. You're sitting here getting bit by rattlesnakes and yeah. stuff. Like, crazy. Well, yeah, did you free handling a snake, you know, a pygmy rattlesnake, and I got bit by that. Later on, I got bit by a western diamondback, and that one lo uh, lost a finger to that one. Jeez. But it is like, okay, I, I remember seeing in movies where you grab the snake by the neck. Mm -hmm. To keep, you know, once I grabbed that, I found out that the jaws come unhinged and those fangs pop out and they can reach around and get you many different really? ways. There was more to it than that. And, uh, and also, I learned how to catch fish by hand, all kinds of uh, tactical things like that. Uh, so, it wasn't like you had any like formal training into any of this stuff. Is it like you just literally just like all instinct on your part? Trained yourself. Uh, it's, um, I remember, you know, okay, I'm going to hold a flashlight on the alligator. Somebody's going to hold, and I'm going to come running and jump on it. So, he, well, he's got the lighting down on him. He doesn't see me coming. I land on the alligator and try to grab him any wish I can and try to keep from getting bit by him at the same time. It, it started there, but even from there, I went to, like, okay, uh, spearfishing and then hand-feeding sharks, riding sharks. I was doing that uh, 25 years ago, hand-feeding the sharks and riding them and all that stuff. So I learned uh, – well, if I hold the food this way, make sure he doesn't get my hand inside his mouth. I'll angle it to the side a little bit and how to attract him and, you know, learning how to read when the shark's going to take the bite, the way he dips. And normally it takes a long time to draw the shark in that close. So he builds up his confidence to so eat from your hand. There's a wild animal's never been hand fed before. Usually back then they didn't have shark feeding stations where it was. Let's put it this way. Mm. It's all uh, different. And it's tactical a lot of tactical thing and i always say well it's a gift of god i told it to her that's as simple as that i um i i uh, they're god's creatures so i always want to have a good with god because those creatures can kill you at any time you're you're from cuba right you came over yes. uh, at four four years old i read yeah that's where i started in cuba with hand catching the land crabs i was in cuba Nice. There are no venomous snakes in Cuba, so I got into that over here. There are crocodiles, but I didn't get my hands on crocodiles in Cuba. I ended up over here doing it. Think about mm -hmm. how like like that sounds. There was no venomous snakes in Cuba, so I decided to pick the hobby up in America. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> like, yeah, they told me, be careful. There are poisonous snakes in the United States. Oh, really? <laughs> and the yeah, tell me where they are. For, you know. I, I read that this was very interesting. I read about you. I have to bring up. It said you went to the Everglades. I don't know how true this is with just a frying pan and a shotgun. Is that true? <laughs> I got dropped off in a swamp in near Gangsville. When I was a kid, I said, I want to go hunting. So I brought a single shot shotgun, no frying pan. I used a turtle shell. And uh, I had a knife and some matches and uh, no insect repellent or nothing. I skipped school. So what happens is I told my friends I want to. I saw the movie Man in the Wilderness, so I wanted to go play that game. This is a Richard Harris long time ago. So this, I was uh, 17 years old, skipped school. They dropped me off and leave me out there for three days by myself, and I come back with a deer. <laughs> by the time I, I was out of season, you know, I don't even know what. <laughs> you know, I, I just, you know, I just okay in these woods. 
I sat on the side of palmetto bushes for three days, got eaten by mosquitoes. Uh, I mean, devoured by mosquitoes. I was drinking the water from the swamp. It was, uh, and, and I ended up getting a deer about like 12 feet away. And it was working with the palmetto was in there with my, uh, that shotgun, I remember my mom bought it for me. It was $24, $24 it cost back then. Wow. wow. It was a, like a pool shotgun. You know how, le- like, when we talk to people like you who are just men, I feel so emasculated when I hear yeah. stories like that. I was going to say, if I got dropped off in the middle of a swamp, I wouldn't make it back. He comes back with a deer. Yeah. <laughs> with a turtle shell. I wouldn't even, I'd be scared of a turtle, and he used a turtle shell as, like, a, a cooking pan. God damn. I appreciate it, though, so much. It's just men, and I'm not that kind of a guy. So I find your stories amazing. I really do. Yeah, it's uh, some it's people fast. are better cool. Some people are more technical, like the te- electronics and things like this. And some people, you know, like even the the weapons I make, they're all very primitive. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. yeah. I'm not building a sophisticated high-powered rifle. I'm building a hand-thrown spear, not even a bow and arrow. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have- trident spears and knives and axes, things like that. I have one question, uh, then I'll, I'll pass to anyone who wants. I read that when you go into the wild, you're not an advocate for um, having safety gear on and going in cages. Why is that? I, I just like everything. You know, I like the adventure of it. I don't want to complicate myself with any of those things. Uh, use, you know, smart. Uh, yeah, if you see a shark coming at you, you know, block the attack. If an alligator attacks, you block oh. the attack. But the extra safety, like the cages and all that stuff, no, I never got into that. Uh, How, is there you know, anything you fear? A, you can pick up a venomous snake with a hook. <laughs> I see, you know what I mean? So I, I went raw on everything. Let's put it this way. Uh, diving, I prefer free diving. Uh, no tanks. Even though I've used tanks a lot, I like to hand fish while free diving. And I like to free dive deep and spear <clears> fish down and I started with a spear gun, I went to a pole spear, and then my hands. How long did it take you to learn how to read animals' behavior? It's a gift of God. Kind of like, it just came natural. I saw something, and I said, okay, I, I can get away with this. It was just simple as that. Like, what's uh, if you could if, right if you could describe, like, a tell. Let's say, all right, you go free diving, right, and you come across uh, – a mako shark right and this thing is circling around you what's a tell that this thing is going to come at you well I'm, i want it to come at me why if you see a shark far away that's no good you got to get the shark near you so you got to be around sharks you got to have food you got to have his interest mm. you know it will attack you without food that's not you know sharks will attack when they're hungry at their own time and choosing but i try to entice them at my time so they're not hungry. I, tr- I work the bait till I get them hungry so he can come at me. And then, of course, a mako shark is a lot faster than me, so I'm going to hand feed it. And when I get a chance, I'm going to slowly get my hands on it if I'm going to catch that mako shark, and I'll hand catch it. And, uh, but you're not going to chase it down. It's the fastest shark in the world. Oh, so yeah. it's, never- it's just when he's, when he's not paying attention and he's busy uh, with the food, you you know you start to touch them, touch them, you get your hands and you get a grip on them, and hang on. That's how you catch a mako shark. All right, I'll keep that in mind next time we go in the ocean, man. Yeah, <laughs> I just one. yeah. Uh, Dan, I know that you. 
I know I know you used to watch him every Sunday night. When no, yeah. Me, me and my dad used to watch you like all the time and like crack up or he'd be like gagging like yeah, like some of the stuff. But like was there like ever a time that like you were just like this is not a good idea, we should not do this? Or is like everything like, okay, like I can handle this? No, they, they come up with ideas before. Like I was we brought a big uh, Eastern Diamondback rattlesnake out and Knoxville wanted to get bit on purpose. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to take a bite, and you know, you figure he's going to go to the hospital, take a shot, and I go, no. They may give you all kinds of, you know, antivenom and all that, but they may have to amputate your arm, you know, later. I told them that, so it's not a good idea. So they they did come up with a few ideas like that that I said that's not a good, you know, that's a bad idea. Now they come up with an idea like when Steve did want to cross the tightrope, he was going to go way up there. No, no, get the tightrope low. And I told people don't feed the alligators ahead of time for about a week. So when he got there, he says we're going to tie chicken on you. And then we're going to make it better. The alligator is going to jump up and get the chicken off your butt. So, I mean, I come up with ideas like that. So they would come up with an idea, and I go, let's make the idea better. Like the hook in the mouth, the steel again. I said, wait a minute. How about if I do a shark feeding frenzy while he's got the hook in his mouth? Because when you're catching sharks, I mean, when you're catching fish, sharks come up and steal the fish from you. So if you're catching steel on the end of a rod and reel, the shark try to eat the fish, which is steel. So the idea was to get a shark being friendly, make it happen. That's that was a great idea. It was very dangerous. You almost got people killed. I almost did, but uh, it worked out well. Was there like ever like a specific like predator that you like you were like I would think that we should be like dealing with or like not be around, or was it like anything is like fair game? Well, it, I will say killer whales, but I got in the water with them anyways. You know, in the wild, and I got in. And I you know, it's just like there's nothing I can do with this animal wants to kill me. So I just got in and, you know, and let it, let it roll. But normally, okay, if I'm in the water, an alligator attacks me, okay, I know how to lift his head up to block the attack. A shark coming at me, I can be go at him and scare the shark away because they're using psychology. The shark thinks that I'm going to bite him. He wants to bite it and I get bit. So if you show aggression, he thinks he's going to dodge it because he thinks you're going to uh, injure him. He's looking to injure you, not you injure him. So if you bluff him, He'll go. That's one way to stop a shark attack and an alligator attack is by lifting, you know, lifting the alligator's head up out of the water. And uh, tilt, tilt him back, he doesn't see you, it confuses him. So th there is a way out. But with a killer whale, there's nothing I can do. Because <laughs> he's going to kill you. A bear in the water, I can swim away from him. I can get behind him. On land, not too much I can do with a bear. That's another gamble. Are there any of these these shows out now? I mean, obviously, you see them all the time where, you know, like a Bear Gorillas gets teaches you how to live when you get stranded. Um, even the Crocodile Hunter um, in the late 90s before his, you know, sad death. Are there any shows that you watch and actually enjoy, or do you think they're all too staged? You know what I mean? I have watched to see if sometimes if I see something new. Okay. But Whatever they did or they either done it before, I know I can do it. You know what I mean? There's nothing out there. When it comes to wild animals and all that, I'm, I'm there on everything. A lot of the stuff that they're seeing right now, I've already done 20 years ago. But hey, I don't care if they stage or not. It's their thing. You know, everybody do their own thing. I, I'm not going to be critical of them or any of this stuff. Uh, I don't feel like they're competing with me. And, I mean, uh, basically, I don't think they back in the day, none of them could do what I was doing. I was real calm about that. Uh, they may not be 
want me on the show with them or something like that, but I, I knew I could do what they were doing and more. So I, you brought up that like people. Yeah, I thought what everybody was doing, I knew I was, you know, I, I was way ahead on everything. So you brought up like having like people like on the show and stuff too. So like you guys are, like would have like a ton of people like Juvenile, Big Timers, 3-6 Mafia. Was there like, who was like your favorite like guest that you guys had on the show? Favorite uh, gadget thing that happened? Uh, like guests, like a special guest that you had, or like who do you wish was on like, the show with you guys? Coming back. Uh, I didn't, I mean, who did I put in the show with the guys? I didn't, they did, the, they picked all that stuff themselves. Yeah, Dan. I didn't uh, pick any of that. I laughed a lot. A lot of the ideas they did, they did a lot of funny stuff. They did things that I wouldn't do. I mean, it was way out there. Dave England vomit one time, made an omelet out of vomit. Oh, I that remember that. Yeah. Hilarious, but I wouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> I've seen those guys do things that I wouldn't do. You know, simple as that. Uh, you know, Knoxville got ran over by Bison. I'm not going to let Bison run over me, okay? <laughs> <You know? laughs> there's, there's a few things. I'm not going to shoot myself uh, with a gun and a bulletproof vest or something like that, you know? Yeah. I was, um, was going to – I waited till, uh Raymond came back to ask this. How'd you meet up with the Jackass crew? How did they find you? Like, how did that uh, um, relationship start? I was at the native village in Fort Lauderdale, and, you know, and they told me, these guys, Jackass, I, who these Jackass guys? He goes, they're really dumb guys. They're looking for you. <laughs> I, I mean, really bad. I don't, I don't know if you want to be on their show. It's really bad stuff. You know, they're like, dude, it's going to ruin your reputation if you go on their show. They were telling me like that. They want you on the show. So I ended up coming on a show with them, and that's when I first, uh, you know, Steve would put a worm up his nose. Knoxville wanted to get bit by rattlesnake. All the that's when that was the first day out with them. So I had no idea what the show was about. Then later on, I started laughing at some of the stuff they did, and they they liked me, so they kept asking me to come on over here. And then the next thing you know, I'm in a hotel room. Dave England's making making an omelet. It turns out the omelet was made out of vomit. And Steve had to eat it. I almost had a heart attack. I was laughing so much, you know. Doing <laughs> so, then they liked me. So every time after that, they would invite me to all their all their stuff, and they had me on regularly. You know, they one of the people they stick with. You know, and one of the best. One of the best scenes you were ever involved in, though, was what the Beehive Tetherball. Oh yeah. And when they, you told them, or Dave England, a hundred beast things would kill you, and his reaction was, what? Like, I hope you just made that up. It's still one of my favorite quotes ever. <laughs> they didn't make it up. They, they say a hundred beast things as getting bit by a rattlesnake, and you will die from that. Yeah, and there's uh, like 50,000 bees there. <laughs> no, Dave England ended up in the hospital. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ambulance came and got him and took him to the hospital. He took so many beast things. Steve didn't get a bit bad, but Dave England got it real bad. On me, they were stuck on my hair and beard and all that. They were all around me. I got one sting. Uh, being in there with they did a what? lot of things. Well, it's me. the oxygen, too, right? The more you freak out, the more they'll sting you. Uh, yeah, I mean, one time they put them all in a car, and they put 5,000 bees inside a limo with them all in there. They locked the doors. They couldn't get out. And they were literally trying to keep the windows out of the limo. Uh, we men was in there. Uh, <laughs> was in there. I forget who was in there. They're all in there. Then they had marbles on the street. So when they finally opened yeah. the doors, they're running out of the car. They step on the marbles, just rolling and falling all over the place. <laughs> they got eaten up by bees. They had a bee, a bee cubicle also where they put them in underwear and then put them in a big glass room. 
and they stuffed it full of bees, mad bees again. They did a, quite a few things with bees. You seem like, a, uh, obviously, like you're an animal lover. We had a discussion the other night. You have, like, a lot of cats, and, you know, we had a discussion on our animals. You saw my puppy and stuff, and um, I want to ask, when it comes to these stunts they pulled, I would assume you never – you were never down for it if it put the animal in harm, correct? It was more like you always took precaution? Well, they, they were very careful. These guys, especially them, I mean, they would never hurt an animal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, they're like, you know, they, they, uh, they had all these precautions. You know, none of the animals would be hurt. Uh, those guys don't even hunt. At least I hunt and fish. They don't even do that. Nice. Like, Did you ever have to step in on any of, the, like, the stunts that they did with animals or something – Almost went wrong or did go wrong? Well, it, well, it was part of the hunt. It's always part of it. Like when Maxwell was getting eaten up by that anaconda, the intention yeah. was, I told him, don't get any, don't give him any protection. It was my idea. So I told Maxwell, grab, make sure you miss that, that uh, anaconda. Don't grab him by the head. Make sure you grab him by the behind the neck, back about 18 inches. So he's going to turn around and bite the heck out of you. So that was the whole idea. It's got pretty big teeth. He was bleeding all over the place. I think beat him like six times. Jeez. There's blood everywhere. And so I, I, you know, it was my idea. I knew he could take it. It's something I knew we could handle. Of course, then I moved in and at the end and took the snake away from, you know, grabbed the snake to stop the, the biting, you know. So it, we did things like that. And, of course, you know, there's a situation with sharks. I'm making sure they don't, over the alligators, that they don't uh, get killed. But I... I push a limit on them. You know, I, I remember lifting an alligator and leaning it towards them. You know what I mean? To put them in, I want to put them in harm's way, but not get them killed. <laughs> put them in a dangerous I don't want them to die. I just want them to be, make it as dangerous and as well as possible. So you would just like them, you just like them to shit their pants pretty yeah. much without dying. <laughs> you know, this is good time comedy with real stuff. Okay. Right. We got a diamondback rattlesnake. I put a cookie in its head, and I told them, I told uh, Chris to take the cookie off the rattlesnake's head and eat it. It was an old tradition. There's no such tradition. It never existed. I said it was a, <laughs> Florida had a tradition, and they all believed it. Part of the, you know, people who lived in the backwoods had a tradition to teach their kids how to be, uh, you know, survival tactics in the wilderness. They would put a cookie in the head of a rattlesnake, and if they succeeded, they ate the cookie. If not, they would die from the snake bite. Oh. So, uh, you wow. know, I told him that they actually believed it, but I showed him how to take the cookie off first. He goes, don't go straight down on the rattlesnake's head. Straight down and don't get in front of it or on the side of it. He will bite you. Just make sure you go straight down his head, pick up the cookie. He's not going to strike straight up. And, I mean, don't go home and try this because if you get bitten, you know, I don't want no part of it. Okay? You, have no, you have nothing to worry about. I will not try this. So, yeah, he did the cookie. And he ate it. He pulled it off. Tristan. For him. That's a dangerous thing to do. You know, no question about it. That was really dangerous stuff to do. Eric, um, I know I saw you writing some, which means you have yeah, a gun yeah. to your head for later. But if you have any uh, question, hop in, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, how stressful was it? Like, you have the instincts with animals. You know, if a crocodile's coming at you, lift their head out of the water and whatnot. How stressful was it being with a group of guys who have absolutely no idea how to handle these animals, and they're trying to make it funny and all that. Were you kind of like the parent at like a you know um, you know a field trip, just like all right, guys, don't don't pet the rattlesnakes or whatnot? What was that like? Well, it ain't like I'm telling them. I'm gonna I'm the one that's deciding how to put them in danger without getting them you know in uh, killed. But a lot of the ideas, you know, I said 
they come up with an idea, I know how to improvise it, make it more dangerous and keep them safe at the same time. But yeah. other than that, I mean, most of the time I was relaxing, everything was good. The idea, okay, when we're out there, what's the problem? The sharks ain't there. I got to attract the sharks, so I need bait. It's a lot of preparation. I need fresh bait. Sharks don't want old fish. They want fresh fish that were just caught. I got to rip them up, draw the sharks in, get them in the, you know, get them in a situation. You know, it's, it's creating a, a scenario that is, you know, you got to get the wildlife to come in and cooperate. You know, these are wild animals in the middle of the ocean, and you got to put them in the, in the danger of it. So it's, it's a, the stress is first attracting the sharks and getting the shark to engage. And then the last part is not to get bit or anybody hurt. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And my other question, uh, have you ever seen the movie Ace Ventura? Uh, no, I know what it's about. It was a pet detective, right? Yeah. So, so he loved, he loved all animals. And then the second one, spoiler alert, he's asked to go uh, save a bat. And he said, ew, rats with wings. He hates them. Is there any animal like you seem like a lover of all animals. Is there any animal that you're just like, Ugh, don't touch? I don't. I can't be around that. I'm scared of it. Is there anything like that? Uh, spiders. <laughs> like a, I don't want to pick up a spider. I don't want them around me. I don't want them anywhere near me. I don't want a spider. But I don't like things that crawl in your bed like a brown recluse and bite you in the leg. You know what I mean? That just okay. uh, I don't like spiders crawling on me. I, I basically, um, I'm pretty much anti-insect in that okay. sense. All right. Yeah. No one, no part of it. That's crazy. The, so the sm yeah, the smallest of things scares you the most. And, and what's yeah. crazy is we do a fan, like a fan re interaction. And um, when I posted you were coming out, one of our friends asked, he asked how he could get over his fear of spiders. Is so now that you're scared of them, I'm sorry, Ralph. I don't have an answer for you. Spiders. I'm not the only one. Most of the reptile people I know and all that stuff want well, nothing to do with spiders. Deadly afraid. There's that uh, Great. Uh, funnel whip spider in Australia. That'll kill you. And uh, walking Brazilian, the, the walking Brazilian spider, whatever, that'll kill you too. The, the couple of spiders in this planet will drop you dead. No, no joke. Yeah, and what a way to what a shit way to go. You know, I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, if you get eaten by a shark, it's like, all right, that thing has teeth. But like, you're just sleeping, mind your own business, and some little shit bites you and kill. I don't know. That, that would just bother me. People, I'd have to have a word with God if that happened to me. Do people wake up from that, or they just die in their sleep? Does it? Does the pain wake them up if they're bit by a spider? No, uh, black widow's got a horrible pain. Uh, brown raccoons start to rot your way little by little, little by little, yeah. consume the body. They're, they're different now. The, the other ones, they die, they kill you fast. The Brazilian walking spider and that other uh, the funnel whip spider from Australia, that thing will jump on you and bite you. They were killing about 60 kids uh, a year in, uh, in Australia until they, they came up with antidote for it. Wow. But uh, like a snake bite, those things are horrific. You get bit by a snake, you start to rot away. That thing starts to destroy you fast, right before yeah. your eyes. It's like science, science fiction. Yeah, it divides you as you're walking around. It digests your body. You know, yeah. these things are really, really bad. I hate, to, I, hate, I hate to be the bearer, like, uh, bring up bad memories, but, like, have you ever seen anybody actually die from an animal attack or a spider bite? Like, in front of you, or, like, you, you didn't get the, them the antidote? Nothing? Good. Okay. Did you ever have to suck out the poison? The worst injuries I've seen are on me. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> wild boar attack. I got gored by a wild boar. Uh, snake bite, I got bit by sharks, several kinds. 
So yeah, I've had it. So, and you brought this up, Scott, before too, about like how like you like to be like one with like everything, like no cages. Same thing like with your like your hunting style with being very primitive. If you had to pick a way to like go out, like if you were like hunting, say like a grizzly bear or something, like what would be like the one animal that you like wish like just put you out? Like would be like the cool like badass way to like. Because that's the thing, like, you want everything, you do everything, but, like, what would be the one that you're like, oh, it's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> oh, an animal that would kill me? Yes. yes. Pretty much. What yeah. animal wouldn't you mind? I, 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 would, like, I would want, like, a grizzly bear. Like, that'd be cool. Like, Dan died by a grizzly bear attack. I don't know. I would never cool at all. No, no, you don't. Let me tell you something. The spiritual things of all things. You don't ask for these things because they do happen, okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> I ask things. What I ask God for, he gives Always. I'm not going to ask for anything like that ever. No way. What now? You you had a relationship with Jackass, obviously the crew, like Knoxville and them. Um, uh, and then you went on the Wild Boys. Did you like just click with Pius and Steve-O, like as friends more? How did you guys like you three stay together? I I, I get along with all of them, mm-hmm. but Jeff Tremaine, the producer, you were pretty close. Uh, Jeff has a great interest in wildlife. I mean, the guy, um, apart from Jackass, the guy's a literal genius. He knows a scientific name of every animal and plant in, in this really? planet. Wow. Yeah, the guy, you know, about every animal, every species, he reads a lot. He knows. He's very knowledgeable about that stuff. Chris is fascinated by wild animals and wildlife. Very, very much into it. steve uh, is afraid of a lot of dangerous wild animals. He just likes to do cool things and have a good time and uh, go with it out there. Uh, matter of fact, Steve was the one I, the last few times I've seen any of them has been Steve. He came by the house one time, bought a trident, put it online. Everybody looked at my trident. It was awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I hear from him like once a year. That's, that's cool. That's, that's cool. what I wanted to bring up that you said you brought one of the tridents. I was looking at the knives and the axes and the tridents that you make, and they're unbelievably fascinating. How did you get into that? area like where you started making all those i i'm a history buff i like history i like medieval weapons and primitive i like the way the the knights hunted wild boar with spears i like all that stuff i like very simple hardy primitive weapons of course i make them out of stainless steel instead of uh you know rusty steel like they used back then yeah. and uh, but i make stuff that i can actually put on a wall or i can actually use the stuff i make nobody makes a trident like i make in the United States. My trident is real. It, I mean, you can use it to hunt alligators with it. It's, or you can hang it on your wall. It's a real deal. Well-made, sharp, strong, very effective, high quality stuff. I, I, my spears are top of the line. They're not flimsy. They're strong, industrial strength. I made them the way I wanted them made. I, the reason I started making them, I couldn't find this stuff. If I wanted to buy one for me to use or to have, I couldn't find it. I had to make it myself. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. really detailed. They're really cool. Yeah, you have them on your website or online where we can purchase uh, Instagram. them? Instagram. I put them up on Instagram. I, I put my uh, fish drawings on Instagram, knives, axes, uh, spears. Heck, I got I don't know if you can see them behind me. Let me see. I can, let me see if I can reach here. Yeah, man, go for it. Yeah, show it up. Right. Yeah, they are fat. It's the, the cool. I love know? medieval stuff. You see this? Look at that. Are you, can yeah. you see me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Aquaman. Oh, you made that. You made that. Custom made for them. 
see, I got a fish color in the back. This is a tilapia. It'll it'll get even an alligator, but this is mainly for fish, tilapias and stuff like that. You can kill fish up to 50 pounds, throw it from the, add them from the boat or go in the water and stick them. Now, the, uh, yeah, show show your collection off because this stuff's fascinating. Yeah, do you, you got do anything you throw else? It? Do you throw it or just hold uh, it? This, uh, this here is a harpoon spear. It's got a medieval stopper on it, a fish skeleton carved on it. This is uh, out of three quarters. The other one's out of half inch. This is three quarters thick, one solid piece of stainless steel. That's How long does it take you to make them? The one. How long does it take? How long does it take you to make them? Oh, it takes. It takes. Uh, I'm very fast, depending what it is. It takes several days. Like if I just, I can make two at the same time, and it might take me three days. If I make one, it's going to take me the same amount of time. Because at the end, I have to. Um, shellac the what do you call it the wood and you know i gotta let it sit overnight so it's a process you know first make the uh put it together it's got to be welded i gotta bend steel sometimes it's different things some things i can do right away like a one solid piece all stainless steel knife i can make that in one day the whole thing you no make problem. them at your, at your house I, the handle and I gotta do holes put wood on it what <laughs> go ahead Eric. Do you, do, you, do you make them at home, or do you have a, a shop for all of this? I make them at home, mostly. Hmm. I want one. Yeah. I want the knife. The I knife's want one. real bad. Yeah. That is one. awesome. Are there, um, are there any, like, restrictions when you're trying to sell these? Because I used to work for Gerber, the knife company, and they were saying they were going to ban machetes from New York City because – uh, sales skyrocketed, and they said, you know, it's for gangs and stuff. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't. In the U.S., you can sell knives. Certain states do not allow double-edged knife, which I've made them before. Yeah. Now, in England, no, they're illegal. Knives are. Yep. They, you know, they took the guns away. Now they're stabbing each other. <laughs> so yeah, take notes, America. Uh, yeah, it, it, listen, buy whatever you want. If you stab somebody, put them in jail. You know what I mean? <laughs> you shoot somebody, put them in jail. I mean, you know, you want to have a bazooka, fine. You shoot a building with it, you know, you're going to get executed or put in jail. That's simple as that. Be responsible. Right? We're adults, okay? You yeah. want to have a weapon? Be responsible, okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. they're, not, they're not for doing harm to other people. You know, protecting your family, yeah, but you don't go out and, and, and hurt anybody, period. Yeah. Simple. Is, is there an animal that you... It's like on your like your dream list that you like you want to hunt like buffalo or something like that. Uh, I mainly stuck to wild boar because it's something. It was, it went along with the spear hunts. Mm -hmm. Like I'd rather hunt that than deer or anything like that because if I'm gonna hunt, most of the time I really just get fish to eat. But if mm -hmm. I am gonna hunt now, if I go with a spear every time I do it, the way I do it is gonna put me in danger. So I don't want to do this every day, every day, all the time. Is you're going to get destroyed by a wild boar sooner or later. So and, uh, there is, you know, also about the wild boar, you're hunting something that can get you back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, <laughs> it'll even the score. You understand? <laughs> In sense. Yeah. You want to do a challenging hunt? Okay. First of all, he's not going to let you get near him. You got to get close enough to spear him. And I mean, I'm talking 10 to 15 feet away. How do you do that? Sneaking at night, downwind, it's difficult. And then when you do hit it, he comes back at you with everything he's got, okay? And uh, he can cut you or kill you, really. So, and if you do, you do get him, you got a good meal. You got really good meat, organic, uh, 
stuff. So you do have something. I was going to ask, obviously you're not a vegetarian, um, (laughs) but uh, yeah, do you have a problem with people who hunt for, like you hunt to eat or you hunt for game? You know, like there's a difference. Um, Now, are you an, you're not an, are you an advocate for people who hunt for just fun or you really prefer them to, what they hunt, they eat or for purpose? Well, there's two, there's two things. Uh, If you want to protect like, high-end wild animals, it's got to be sport hunting. For example, okay, um, let's say the jaguar in South America. The jaguar is protected, okay. Hunters will pay $50,000 to get a chance at a jaguar. Hmm. So what happens to the jaguar is you're not allowed to hunt it. They kill the rancher's cows. So the rancher doesn't report it. He poisons it and gets rid of it because it's, it's so... This animal is seen as a nuisance and a troublemaker, not a problem solver. Now, if the rancher can sell that hunt for $50,000, then he's not going to let anybody kill jaguars on his property because they're worth so much money. If you do that, you actually protect the wild animal. If you don't, people are going to kill it. People out in the woods, you can, when you have a dangerous animal like that, they don't want it around. It's hurting them economically and putting them in danger. So there's no benefit for them to have it around. You can sit in the city and protect it all you want and feel good about it, but you're not protecting them. They're going to get wiped out anyways. Now, when, like in Africa, the reason the animals are doing so well in parts of Africa is because you want to shoot an elephant, it's $50,000. A trophy yeah. lion is $50,000. So what happens is, they got, they, with that money, they pay the rangers, and the rangers protect the area. And then oh. there's big money. So they don't want you poaching. Poaching is uncontrolled hunting. It's unregulated. Right. Mm. That's where the problem comes in because they're killing things. Are, okay, how many lions are out here? Okay, there's 200 lions. We're going to kill 10 this year. The poacher may go out there and kill half of them. You know, and So that way you got to keep track how much are being killed and how many are being born and which animal to shoot. Okay, that's an old lion. That lion's going to die. If, he, if he's killed by another lion... Is this fifty thousand dollars going to go up in smoke? So you shoot him before another lion kills him and takes his place, because then the buzzers are going to eat fifty thousand dollars. Well, if you do bring a hunter, the hunter, okay, I want a trophy lion. He gets it, he pays fifty thousand dollars, and everybody's got a cut of the pie. So then everybody's making money from it. So then it protects the wild animal. Mm. Wow, dude, you, that's amazing. You just blew blew my mind. I mean, let's be honest. In this country, especially with everything going on. Like you don't get the full news, and mm-hmm. you see, bro, you see, you see photos of these high-end celebrities, politicians, whatever, next to like a, an elephant they hunted, and they're villainized by me too. I would villainize them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that, I, I can't that, believe that's what happens. That's well, crazy. When there's money in it, there's there's money for protection. Okay. Yeah. The rangers are paid by, uh, the you know, certain areas. There's so many elephants in parts of Africa that they have to thin the herd out as it is. Now, if you areas where there's no control, no law and order, then people come in there and, you know, Al-Shabaab machine guns down the elephants and take their ivory and sell it to supply, to finance their war. This, that area is the disaster, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not regulated. It's not managed properly. Uh, okay, we got, when the Europeans landed in North America, mm, the deer population to now, we have 30 times more deer in North America than we did back then. Because when we, they cleared the forest, started farms and deer season and regulating the, managing the deer, the population exploded the deer. Before, 
there was no hunting season. It was whatever. Uh, the forests are too thick to sustain a large amount of deer. They didn't have the farms to feed on or the grass to, to grow on. So it was a lot of things like that that people didn't understand. That's why we have a lot more deer now in North America than we did back then. Okay, let me give an example. Russia, they cut down the, the tiger forest. Oh, everybody's a word. They're cutting down the forest. They're going to destroy the wildlife. Everybody's freaking out. So what happens when they cut the forest, the grass starts to grow. When it's a lot of grass, the stag population starts to grow. You know, the deer, they live out there, the stag. So you have an explosion in the stag population. And in turn, you have an explosion in the wolf population. So next thing you know, Russia's got 200,000 wolves because there's so much food out there for them. So if you're protecting the wolf, you can pass all the laws you want. Protecting them, that wasn't effective. But when you clear the forest, automatically increase the wolf population. See, there's a relationship to all that. You're, the mountain lions, you go way up in the mountains, they're not there. They're near the city where all the deer are at. <laughs> you know, where all the farms are, that's mm -hmm. where they go down. Where, where the wild animals are, that's where they go. Where you clear the forest and the grass grows, that's where the animals go. Like, you go to central Florida, where all the ranchers are, that's where all the, where all the Florida panthers are right now. That's where all the deer are and all the hogs are. They're not so much, they're more in there than they are in Big Cypress because there's not much more deer and hogs up there because there's more grass. Manny, the woods I, for the cattle, so the deer eat the grass. Manny, I just have to, to summarize because I just want to try to understand this. These people who pay $50,000 to go, let's say, to Africa to hunt an elephant, that get villainized. Once again, I'm looking at the camera. I, I would villainize them. I don't know this. I'm not taking sides. I'm asking you. You know more facts. These people who pay to hunt that are villainized are actually saving the animals their money, their that money is. Saving. I, I personally, wow. I don't. I have no interest in shooting an elephant. I, right. I don't. But I don't mind them shooting elephants because I don't want elephants to go extinct. So, yeah. there's a million and a half elephants in Africa today. Back in the turn of the century, when everybody went into Africa, there was a million and a half elephants back then. When I was a kid, there were twenty thousand lions in Africa. Today, there's twenty thousand lions in Africa. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. the same. Now, black bear in North America, we got a lot more now than when I was a kid. So the alligator population in Florida is exploding. But they, they, they kill. They have a managed gator hunt every year. And guess what? They're not running out of alligators. Mm. What, what about the uh, pythons down there? Because I know that's like a huge, like, invasive, like, issue that you guys have down in Florida, right? Yeah, they're, they're, they manage the hunt. They don't let you just – if you kill an alligator out of season or you, go, you break the law, you're going to go to jail. Mm. Or when it is, you got to have a tag, you got to have a registered, and they in what area you're going to get. And they, uh, uh, yeah, when alligators start attacking people, they increase the hunt. You know, they don't want alligators attacking people, so they brought the quota up. They don't want that to end. Uh, you know, so it's kind of like a balance. But in Africa, what happened in Africa is the leopard was endangered. Everything is endangered. Once they started bringing in money for big game hunting, those hunters, with their money, were protecting the wildlife. That's money coming in, big money. And so nobody, and the meat doesn't go to waste. They give it to the villagers. Everybody's getting a cut of the pie. The trackers are making money. So it's an industry. You To save something, you got to put a dollar sign on it. We're not running out of cows or chickens anytime soon because they're worth a lot of money. We eat them. Man, yeah. I can't believe that. That's every part of the United States. Brian, protect really quick, Brian. I, I, I would say 90% of this country, including me until now, has no information on that. That I I I am un 
unbelievably blown by that because uh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I could go on forever. Yeah. The planet right now is there's more wildlife than ever. It's greener than ever. The Amazon is as green as ever you know it's ever been. You go to satellite, look at a satellite reading. Uh, the planet, the more it warms up, the more vegetation you get and the more food it produces. You know, we can go down. We have a cold, a cold, an ice age coming up. There's going to be hungry people because we're going to reduce the farming land. We could get into something like that on another episode because we could go down that oh, whole political okay. path, but we, we won't. Another, another episode, but yeah, uh, right, right. The wildlife, the wildlife is important to people understand that it is an industry. And if an animal is not worth any money, like the Endangered Species Act is for like a type of frog that nobody cares about. They pass it and want to protect it because the thing is endangered. Nobody cares about it. So the feds move in to protect this certain species. But you don't need to protect the wild, the turkey. It's protected by the hunting community itself. Mm -hmm. The deer, the game animals, there's, there's no shortage of turkey or deer in the United States. Why? Yes. Because it's big, big money. You know how many millions and millions of dollars are involved in deer hunting every year? Bass, bush, everything depends on that. Mm. So they got to keep that, you got to have deer out there to keep that interest, that industry going. And the deer feed the wolves, they feed the panthers, they feed, you know, the, the Florida mountain lion, they feed all that stuff also. So it's, whether you hunt or not, uh, you know, I'm not going to spend $50,000 to go shoot an elephant. I have no interest. But uh, where, because people do, the people have money that protects that. If there's no money, nobody coming in, then uh, they're going to eat everything there. And these animals are – the elephant, it destroys people's crops. Right. Why are they going to keep it down? Have you seen an increase in uh, Florida panthers, like, over the past, like, couple decades or – The Florida panther population is very high. Uh, all the people that live out there, they see them all the time. They're walking around their pastures. They're everywhere. You know, they see them constantly. And I, I, I know that – you know who taught me this stuff about uh, the wildlife management and uh, putting the price on them? The guy that colored the Florida Panthers, he's a lot about. He told me that you have to put a price tag. When you have a high-end game animal, it doesn't go extinct. There's so much money interest in it that the animal is protected. He's the one that taught me a lot about that, what I'm telling you right now. And he's, cool. he's a guy that hired, he's an expert, to capture these Panthers and put collars on them. Now, what we have in Florida, too, bear. When I was a kid, seeing a bear in Florida was one in a million. Now there's bear everywhere. I can go down the street over here. There's bears all over my friend's property. The That's bears great. are out in Florida in large numbers because they're, they've been protected for a long time. The numbers have come up. But if they, don't, if they don't do a managed hunt on them, the people live out there, you're seeing those nooses. They're attacking their things. So sooner or later, somebody's going to poison them or get rid of them or something illegally because they're, they're, it's a threat to them and their family. You've got to have a price on everything. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Bas basically, like... All right. If 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 your if your country can make fifty thousand dollars off an elephant being killed, they'll do it instead of some par farmer poisoning it and the country making no money off it. I got you, Brian. I want to get to you though. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna ask you. So I don't know if you had seen it or not, but obviously everyone went through the whole uh, Tiger King. What do you think of a guy like that who's has animals that, in my opinion, shouldn't be in a cage? and is profiting off them the way that he does. Well, I don't, I, I don't, don't know much about him, but what I gather he was doing is he was breeding tigers and selling cubs to different mm -hmm. people. Right. So he's got so many tigers. The tigers cost a lot of money to feed. So what he was probably doing was getting rid of the tigers that weren't breeding or too old or costing him money. 
because that's what I think was happening, you know, and that's what I think. So I think he was selling the Tigers and, you know, reading them and selling them as, a, you know, as like livestock. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, again, uh, yeah, he had more Tigers in there than it was probably in the jungle, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. But reading them, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know, people didn't like the fact that he was killing the animals and shooting them or, and also selling the cubs. But uh, to protect, again, to protect the tigers in their jungle habitat, you got to have, uh, you got to go to India and tell people in India, hey, guys, these things are worth a lot of money. You know what? The tigers kill up 800 people a year in India. Yeah. <laughs> so, you What's know, they, not, a lot of areas are not too happy having them. Now, how much do you think? Uh, a rich hunter from Chicago or something like that is going to pay people to shoot a tiger in India. So they yeah. can make a lot of money from them and that will protect the animal permanently. When the British were there, it was a big game animal and there were a lot of tigers and there were there was 100,000 tigers in India at that time. Now, since I was a kid, it's been like 4,000 in the world. It's still about 4,000. But it, what happens if you don't do that, then you got people coming over the illegal trade. You know, sh- yeah. shooting tigers for their bones and like bear bear for the gallbladder you get caught shooting a bear for the gallbladder poaching that says you're gonna go to jail big time you what's know? this special about the gallbladder yeah well why they, the gallbladder i don't have one they, they killed no they they think it's medicinal so they kill the bear uh, that's spooky. that's what we call illegal hunting you don't want that because that is it's not i believe in wildlife management that's not wildlife management that's wildlife extermination because they're okay. gonna kill to the last one for a quick profit they're not. It's not managed right. Like the rhino horn that they they chop yeah, off. Yeah, that's all. That's, that's all bad. That's, that's illegal. You know, yeah. when you're doing that, you're robbing that country. Okay, these animals are valuable. For whatever they do, if they had too many rhinos. Yeah, they could still hunt. But when people illegally taking animals from them, it's just like somebody robbing your bank account. Hmm. You know, you don't go to a country and shoot their wildlife and steal it because you're not you're not uh, in the program. When a guy pays to hunt in Zimbabwe, they make their living, their economy survives from hunting. So all these guys go there and they go hunting in Zimbabwe and they protect these hunters over there yeah. because that's where their income comes from. So it's very important so for it's, them. It's kind of like, like a resort where Americans travel like for vacation in a way. Resort? Like, like, don't, like don't kill. If Americans go somewhere and start getting killed, the government will step in because that's their income. All right, this shit right. needs to stop. Like, so, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. All these guys, aren't you guys, aren't you afraid of going hunting in Africa? You know, uh, in Zimbabwe, you know, it's pretty dangerous. And they go, what about Mugabe back then? Go, well, they're not going to mess with us because they need a ring. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Handling the, the industry. And uh, I go, these guys are in charge of an area, okay? They had, okay, we got 11, 11 lion tags they're selling there. So, in other words, they're going to kill 11 lions in that area. And they all have to be over eight years old. So the guy's going to tell them, you can't shoot that lion. you got to shoot this one. They hide in a blind. And, they, you know, there's a lot more lions than that. And also, they're killing a lot of buffalo, so we're going to reduce the lion population. We're going to do this. So they have to, every year, oh, that's it. The 11 tags are sold. You can't get another one. You can't go there and keep killing because they, they got to make sure they have a lion supply for next year. I, it it's, is amazing like, how uneducated, including me, until the, I am – I yeah. am – in awe how much you just educated me because I used to see the photos of these people with like mm-hmm. the big game hunt and be like these scumbags and I am yeah. man enough to admit I was wrong after listening to you that is, wow what an in-depth 
I, I'm like, I, I'm speechless. I'm How do you actually need that? That's amazing. There, again, there is, it's called wildlife management. Yeah. It's proper management. The, the management is you want to increase the wildlife as much as possible. You want to have a large, but if you have too many deer in the area, they'll, they'll eat their vegetation up and uh, elephants will destroy the forest. So you got to have a certain amount of everything so everything is balanced out. Now, in an area where there's no regulation, no control, no management, it's a, it's a free-for-all. That's a, that's a anarchy. That's not well-managed. I'm, I'm I want to do a like a round table here before like we, we maybe wrap up. Like I'm at a question. Eric, go for it. Have, what, what's the process like? Like say I, I have $50,000 of burn and I, and I fly to Africa and kill a lion, right? What's the process of getting, I'm, I assume they take the picture, because I've seen the pictures, and they want to bring the head back or something. What's it? Yeah, well, it, it's, a, it's more money than you think. you got to tip the guides. You know, it's a lot of money. And then I mean, we're like bringing it back to you America. If you're an animal like that, you don't want to throw that in the garbage. You yeah. want to save mm -hmm. the and you want to mount the a Land Rover. You, mount you, can't, the whole you can't bring it on as a carry-on. Yeah, you, know? you just have this big old. Oh, no, there is a way. There is a way you <laughs> use a taxidermy here. No, you, you do go through customs. You got to research all that before you go there, but people do it all the time. You go to the office and they, oh, yeah, I shot this lion in Africa. I shot a leopard here. You go to these guys' office, they got everything. So there is a way of doing it. And they're there. I was at a house one time on treks across Africa. We're there, and the guys were from Africa. They were selling the hunts. They were here, and these guys hunting. I'm like, okay, we got too many tags for this. Who wants to get a Cape Buffalo? And then who wants to get this? And then, okay, this is sold out. We can't get any more of those. You know, they were selling the hunts ahead of time. Wow. And uh, But, yeah, if you shoot something like that, yeah, you definitely got to, you know, you want to you got to pay the tax term. You got to research before you go out there and know what you're doing. Yeah. Before you were in where it's safe to go, where it's not safe to go, and all that. I mean, Florida, I can more or less tell you, you come down here with my guys who want to shoot an alligator, they'll take you out, and then they'll, you got, there's a taxidermist down in Naples, he can mount the gator for you, or you can tend to hide in zebrine, and they can pack the meat for you. Okay. And then you can, be our next I know, I'm, I'm more or less, I can, I don't, Africa, I'm not hooked up, but over here, I can send you where you want to go uh, turkey hunting, gator hunting, or boar hunting, or fishing, you know, bass fishing, whatever. They have all that. Or gig yeah. in tilapia. Dan, you got anything? When I'm filming with wild animals, you don't need, I'm not hunting. You know, my, my deal is to interact with wild animals. We're selling the program, the footage. So the business, to us, yeah, the sharks are valuable because we're not killing a shark. We're still making money from it. But somebody else's his job is to take somebody fishing for shark, let's say. That's how he makes his money. Right. So different things, you know. Dan? I, uh, I, I'm a conservationist. I'm a, I am a wildlife conservationist. That's what I am. You know, I, I'm a ball of a conservation. No, you're, hey, man, you taught me a lot in the last fucking hour, which I'm like, I, I still can't believe this hunting thing. Like, that's amazing. Brian Raymond, do you have anything? I just want to say thanks for that information because, yeah. like, I feel like your knowledge and everything taught me more than all 12 years I went to school. <laughs> like it, I couldn't I felt like I was in a trance like getting this information it was just like mind-blowing because it's stuff you don't think about or know anything about it's it, it's it's amazing well you got to go through the history of it too next time another day we'll talk about the history you know certain areas like in Iowa you couldn't find a deer in Iowa the commercial hunting had worked out all the deer in Iowa 
And today there's a tremendous herd of deer in Iowa. For example, you know, certain areas are completely wiped out. The wildlife came back under proper management. And everybody goes hunting, but they're there again. But before it was like market hunting, they were just shooting, you know, and selling deer as, as fast as they could. Year round, no, no regulation or nothing. So it wasn't, it wasn't properly managed. They wiped out wildlife in certain areas with uncontrolled, unmanaged hunting. That's different. Don't, don't tempt me, Manny, because I might call you when I'm drunk on a Saturday night and just talk about nature. <laughs> sure, sure, you can. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fanatic about all this stuff. Where yeah. by Naples is your taxidermy? Because I went down last summer. My aunt has a house in Naples, and we stayed there for a week. And I almost took that Route 41 through, like, the Everglades. Oh, man, unbelievable. You, you should have took it. You, yeah, my wife didn't want to do it, but I, oh, if we could get alligators. You will yeah. see thousands of alligators. And, and uh, when the water starts to get low on the canal, on the side of the road, you will see thousands of alligators on the bank. Thousands and thousands of alligators, especially a dry winter. They're out there getting sun. You wouldn't believe it. there's a bear out there, a Florida panther, alligator. See, now, now this, now this they didn't do it. Nothing but pristine wilderness. But Manny, can Raymond, Raymond, if you go again, pick Manny up, but don't tell your wife you're picking him up. Just like pick him up and then go there with him, and she'll be like, "Who is this guy? Why yeah. is he here?" He's got a dead alligator in the trunk. Yeah, uh, Manny, Manny um, a, million, a million and a half alligators in the state of Florida that's, estimated. That's insane. Manny, what we like to do um, at the end of our shows now, hang if you want to hang on after, we'll, we'll chat a bit. Um, off the uh, that's right. I gotta, I gotta go get some dinner and stuff. Right. Yeah. So, but what we do is at the end of the shows, we like to do a, a, a questions we ask you. It's called like a gun to your head segment. It's like a would you rather. We have a little fun since sometimes we have serious conversations. We like to lighten the mood. So each of us ask you a couple questions and you just answer. And you got to pick a winner of the best question at the end, okay? Are you ready? You got some rattling my head. Okay, go okay. on. All right, we, 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 each, we, yeah, we each ask you two questions. And you just got to answer them how you feel. All right. It's kind of like a, would you rather drink Coke or Pepsi? But it's a, we're going to do a little nature involved. Okay. You ready? Sure. Okay. And at the end, you got to pick your favorite question and then uh, deem one of us the winner. And then we like to keep score because we're competitive, dumb males. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'll go first. You ready, Manny? Yeah. Would you rather be stranded on an island for a month or lost in a forest for a month? Oh man, uh, it you're depends ready. on the island and what forest. You know, if you're in an island, you better have fresh water. <laughs> you know, and fish around, I'm fine. In a forest, as long as you got uh, fish and wildlife and water, I'm fine. Either one, it, if it's an island like a rock sticking out of the water, no way. You'll starve your day. It's out there. You got to think like that, you know. All right, next one. All right, would you rather for a week? be barefoot in the woods or get stepped on by a bear on your foot? I'd rather get stepped on by a bear on my foot. <laughs> okay. All right, good. Really? I did not see that coming. Okay. Eric, you're up. I'll go. Okay. Would you, only, would you rather only eat an impossible burger for the rest of your life or find it impossible to eat burgers? Find it impossible to eat burgers? Yeah, but you can never eat a burger again. 
No, no, no. I, I don't take the burgers away from me. <laughs> okay. That's great. Okay. Would you rather eat a vomit omelet or bat poop soup? Guano bowls. You didn't see uh, Ace Ventura. Dude, that one. Uh, neither one. <laughs> we got it. Neither one. Neither one. All right. Uh, Brian, we'll go with you. All right. Uh, would you rather be afraid of alligators or go by the nickname Al a Gator? Uh, uh, I'd rather go by Al the Gator than be afraid of alligators. That's awesome. Okay. Yep. Uh, would you rather be chased by a polar bear or be bipolar? Um, well, yeah, I don't mind being chased by a polar bear as long as he doesn't catch me. <laughs> That's true. All right, discount Dan, you're up. All right, I only have one because Sprite took my other one. Um, discount. So, <laughs> would you rather be? Would you rather be a manatee or have to always carry around a manatee? A manatee, and what's the other one? So, would you rather be a manatee or have to carry a man around in your tea? Like a kangaroo? Manatee? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I, I, I um. That's oh, weird. <laughs> it's fine. That's a weird one. Dan's the worst. It don't matter. Dan's yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh. Raymond, it's you're up. I don't reason. want to be a manatee. Yeah. I think I should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Raymond, you're up. Would you rather be able to breathe underwater or have the strength of a bear? I'd rather breathe underwater. Fair. Yeah, that was the only one I got. All right. Manny, what was your favorite question? I'm sorry. Alligator. Is, you know what it is? The, what it really got my attention to be able to breathe underwater because I'm a freak. Oh, are you kidding me? It's the last one. I'm telling you, it's the last one. Oh, damn. Damn. The first guess ever. are all good and everything. But understand that I, I held my breath five and a half minutes. What? Wow. <laughs> five thirty-five and underwater and, and swimming at the end. How do you do you even train for that? Yeah, like but, uh, when I tell with the wild animals, it's a gift of God. Holding breath is technique and training, mostly technique. Knowing how to so do. So you're really David Blaine, the magician. Yeah, I, I can take uh, wild animals a gift of God, but I can take like you and help you hold your breath three to four minutes, no problem. And somebody's better at it, five minutes. It's it's, but it's very dangerous. It can kill you. Well, yeah. Swimming 400 feet underwater. That's a football field and at 100 yards. That's crazy. Underwater, I can I can do that. Down so, and back? I can swim 200 uh, yeah, feet, turn around, and 200 feet back. So it's 100 yards and add another 100 feet. That's crazy. Manny, I have to say, I hope, I, I think like, I think you, I hope you had a good time. Um, I know that we talked a few times before, and you might have been a little hesitant, but like, uh, we had a phenomenal time. Yeah, I speak for everybody <laughs> here. This was fun, and I, awesome. I hope you want to come on again. It was good. I, I mean, I, I, I like the topic. You can tell that I, uh, I like to talk about these things, and I enjoyed it. That's yeah, awesome. good question. Uh, you guys are awesome. So, anyways, I'm gonna go have some dinner. Okay. So, enjoy, man. Uh, guys, have some uh, dinner. Thank you. Good.